0: Good morning. As we start this process of Lent, I think uh, there are a couple things to remember. Uh, what we're really talking about are spiritual rhythms, and really, they're very important. People come to me often and they say, man, how do I, how do I begin to grow in my faith? I feel like I'm stagnated. I feel like I'm not really making progress and I really believe even though this is not a magic pill and you can just do this just to check the box and it won't matter. If we commit our hearts to practicing these rhythms I believe you can see the Spirit really begin to work and to grow us. Now I want to show you some scriptures that make me think this and that give us uh, an exhortation to do so. We'll start with Timothy. Timothy. And Paul's speaking here in 2 Timothy 2.15. He said, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And in 1 Timothy, notice what he says in verse 7, chapter 4. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train. I want to key in on that word. I want you to notice that word train. Rather, train yourself for godliness. And how do we train ourselves? that's what we're going to talk about. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And then in Titus, Paul's speaking here again and he says, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and world passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting For our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, as we talk about this, as we enter into this season of Lent, as we enter into this season of rhythms, there are spiritual rhythms in our lives that some of us have, and some of the reason that we're here today is because of the rhythms that we've been taught. For example, if you're like me, Some of you are, and some of you aren't. I know. I grew up in church, and my parents just took us to church every Sunday. We never had a discussion: Are we going to church? Do you want to go to church today? That was never asked of me in my life. I was never asked, "Do you want to go to church?" I didn't know there. I didn't know it was up for discussion. I didn't know there was an option. We just went on Sunday mornings, and I did that for 18 years till I got to college. And I'll never forget my first. Weekend. I'm in college. I'm a big boy now. I'm 18. I can vote. I can decide if I want to go to church or not. And it doesn't look like a lot of people around here go to church. Saturday, so Saturday night, I'm up pretty late. It's Sunday morning, I sleep in. I wake up about 1030. And can I tell you, it was the weirdest feeling. It wasn't a guilt. It wasn't like I had this big conviction. Ooh, you're in trouble. I didn't have that. But it was a part of my rhythm And it was interesting. It's just like I knew this is where I needed to be. Because why? Because I'd learned that rhythm all my life. There are rhythms that you perform every day that you've learned. Hopefully you brush your teeth every day. You bathe and you do things like that. And there are rhythms that we're in that you just naturally, they naturally have become a part of your life. It is my hope that there are spiritual rhythms that you can incorporate into your life that become the norm, that they just become a part of who you are. Now the early uh, Christian fathers, the early church fathers, classified spiritual development into three categories. The first category was this, it was the purgative, and what's the purgative? The purgative is when you purge yourself of things. It's what we think of typically when we think of Lent. We think of fasting. I'm no longer going to drink alcohol for 40 days or I'm not going to drink Cokes or I'm not going to eat fried foods or I'm going to quit watching TV or whatever it is that you are purging yourself from. There are things that you say, I'm going to take these things. They may be a vice or they may just be neutral, but I'm, not, I'm going to purge myself of them in order that I have more time or order I'm just purging myself. I'm just going to do this. And that's kind of a first step elementary way to look at faith. And the early church fathers would say that's the purgative, where you say, you know, I'm, I want to quit cussing. I'm going to, I'm going to make it a point to quit cussing or I drink too much, or whatever it is, and you start to purge yourself, and that can be a great first step to take, but the second step would be a a more mature, um, a more uh, kind of God-centered approach, which would be what we call the illuminative, the early church fathers called the illuminative, and that's when you begin to search the scriptures, and you begin to learn and you want more knowledge, and you begin to learn the precepts of scripture, and you begin to learn how to live out the faith, and and you become more knowledge-based. And that's a great step. But if we stop there, we miss where God really wants us to ultimately be. It's important that we purge things out of our life that hold us back. It's important that we intellectually learn about the faith. But what's most important is that we learn to unite with the Spirit of Christ. The unitive is what the early church fathers called. And that's what happens when we pray, when we meditate, when we spend time connecting with God, developing a relationship where we begin to sense his Spirit and hear his voice as he speaks and moves throughout scripture and prayer. And that's where I hope that you will grow to and that I will grow to. Yes, we're always going through the process. We're never quite finished purging vices in our life, and we can always learn more. But if we only purge and learn, we miss the greatest part of our relationship with Christ, and that's united in spirit with him. When we're younger, and I still hear people say this sometimes, you know, I just don't feel it anymore. I read my Bible and I'm praying, but I'm just not feeling it. Not feeling it anymore, you know. And, uh, but the truth be told, J- St. John of the Cross has a great quote. He said, when we come to God in prayer and in Scripture, let us not simply be seeking a feeling or experience for that's the least of what we receive, for we receive far more in the eternal spirit world of which we cannot see, touch, or feel. What is he saying? He's saying that a very elementary way to look at our lives is, I want to feel it. That's good. And when you're younger and when we're coming into the faith, often we feel lots of things. But if we're not careful, we can start worshiping the feeling. Oh, I felt God. Oh, I felt Him in worship. Oh, I felt Him in that song. Didn't feel Him in that song. That song must not be a good song. And we start, start to think the songs are God. They're not. They're transportation mechanisms. They're avenues. They're venues that enable us to worship Him. So sometimes we sing the words because they're true. Yes. Not because we feel them. That's great when you feel them. That's a bonus. But it's like ordering a Sunday, eating a cherry, and throwing the rest of it away don't miss the substance. And that's what we want to kind of dig into over these next six weeks as we look at spiritual rhythms, as we look at the topic of Lent. And so I encourage you as we look at this to consider that. Now, we're going to look at these disciplines, and I want to remind you, uh, what you get into is what you get out. What you're sowing is what you're going to receive. The same concept if there was a bank locally here that was offering 6% interest this next year. Hey, come get 6% interest. I mean, that'd be amazing because I think most banks do about 1%, if that much. But if there was offering 6%, let's say you and I went to the bank, and you had $100,000 because you got more than me, and you put it in there, and you got 6%, and at the end of that year, you got $6,000. What if the same time I went in there, I put $50,000 in, and at the end of the year, you know what I get? 3000 Now, would it make logical sense for me to be mad at the bank? Hey, that's not fair. You gave him more than you gave me. And why is that? Because you invested more. What are you investing into your faith today? I want to give you some things, and we're going to look at these individually over the next six weeks. But today, I want, to look, I want us to just do a brief review of all of them. And look at these spiritual rhythms and practices that we can incorporate into our lives. Habits we can incorporate in our lives. So the first one is meditation. What is meditation? <clears throat> meditation is simply taking a scripture and letting it ruminate in your mind. So, for example, there, uh, there are different scriptures I've used. And, matter of fact, I've been trying to do this practice the last few, na- few nights where uh, I take um, Philippians 4.19 and I go... In my head, um, my God is going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And I want that to be the last thing that I'm thinking as I go to sleep, just repeating that. And talking about my God. Who is my God? My God is the Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. My God is the Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. My God is El Shaddai, God Almighty. Thinking about who my God is and that He's going to meet all of our needs, not my greeds, not my wants, not what I think should happen, but what are our needs through His riches, not through my efforts, not because I'm good enough or godly enough, but through his riches, for his sake, for his glory. And that's meditating. Jonathan Edwards, the famous theologian and philosopher, said, you know, it's wonderful when you can read large quantities of the Bible at one time, but it's even better when you can take two or three verses and digest them into your heart. And so I want to encourage you, to not neglect meditation. The second one is prayer. Prayer and meditation are closely united together. Scripture and meditation and prayer. And prayer, having a time where I'm speaking to God. And you know what I think is a good practice is often to pray Scripture. So let me give you a few pe- passages that I love to pray. Uh, one would believe Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 13, or even 4 through 19. Another one would be the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the, is the Sermon on the Mount. That's the greatest sermon that was ever preached. That was a sermon that, God, that Jesus preached that was comprehensive. And just to begin to say, you know what, I'm going to pray these promises. I'm going to pray these principles. I'm going to tra- pray these truths over my life, over the life of my family. And I'm going to begin to pray these. And I'm going to have a time where I do it each day. Do you have a time where you are committing to prayer? Uh, another one is journaling, and this is not one that I've been good at in my life. My, my wife is pretty good at this, and uh, many people are, but I've, started, I've picked this back up in the last week or so. And I will do something just real simple like just write down my prayer request, write a verse, write a prayer, write an insight, I'm not one that's going to write a whole page or two page. A lot of people do, but I've been looking at that, and there's some things that I'm praying that God would specifically do and specifically answer. And what's going to be cool is when I go back, whenever it is, a year from now, two years from now, and see how God has answered those prayers. And it usually isn't like I would think, but I believe that he works. And it's, it's, it's pretty miraculous. You know, there's someone my, my son and I have been praying for for a while, and um, I think I'm going to see this person come to Christ but I, and I see it in my journal, and that's going to be there. I, that's a, such a great discipline, such a great rhythm. I, I remember reading several Christian authors uh, about spiritual formations, and every one of them I thought it was unique. The one common denominator they all said was the power of journaling. Now, that wasn't a traditional spiritual discipline, but I think it's such a, a unique part when it, it's the physical, it's the tactile aspect of us, of our meditation, of our prayer, and of our scripture. To, take the moment to write something down. Uh, another one, uh, beyond journaling, and I'm, uh, back in the old days, I could remember everything, but now I have to look at my notes, so welcome. Uh, you'll be that, that age one day, too. Um, fasting, uh, that's what we typically think of during the Lenten pa- period, and I think that's a good thing to do, uh, and today, it's not so much uh, fasting food, which is a good thing, you know, maybe you quit doing fried foods, or maybe you quit doing processed sugars, or Whatever it is you quit doing, that that would be a good thing. That would be great for your health, uh, and maybe you could take part of that and give to God's kingdom. What, what, whatever you want to do, that's a great thing to fast. But, you know, another way, the new, the new hard fast for our culture today, you know what it is? Fasting from technology and social media. What if you fasted from that? And some of you are thinking, mm, well, I don't know about that. You'd probably be amazed how much time, you, you'll probably find out if you're addicted because like you don't know what to do with yourself. You could pray during that time. <laughs> um, we think we don't have any time. We got time, brother. Uh, depends on what we're doing with it. Another would be that of study. Taking time to study Scripture. We have some great resources that I'll share with you at the end of this time. Uh, one, of them, one of them is called Right Now Media. And if you're part of this church, you can go in there for free. And there's a ton of great teaching, great devotions, great studies, all provided no cost to you. Great opportunities to study to show you that self-approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The discipline of silence and solitude. We live in a culture that we just always have noise. And we don't want to be silent, but yet we want God to speak. Do you really think God's speaking through all the noise in our life? To have a moment where we say, I'm going to be still before him. I'm going to turn everything off, and I'm going to be still. I'm going to go into solitude. You might say, well, I don't think it's impossible for me to have that because you don't understand uh, the new job's a hassle and the kids got the flu. I don't have time to be, be alone. It's just too much. Well, there are things that you can do. You could get up five or ten minutes earlier. You could go to bed five or ten minutes late. You could make your car a sanctuary once you drop off whoever it is that you're driving around with and say, you know what, I'm just going to make this my time. I'm going to make this a time of silence where I invite God to speak to me, and I'm going to make this a time where I can meditate, where I can listen, where I can pray. Uh, it's great discipline for us, particularly in our culture today. Another good spiritual rhythm, another good spiritual habit, is confession and fellowship. Getting in the habit of having someone that you share with, that you help them, they help you keep you spiritually accountable, and you're in fellowship, in communion with them. I mentioned worship. I mentioned church, but worship—just having a time where uh, you worship, where you set aside some time to give God thanks and to give Him glory and celebrating what He's doing, being thankful for what He's doing. I mentioned to you, church was a rhythm that I learned when I was younger. I'll tell you another one I learned when I was younger. It was stewardship. Uh, my parents didn't have a lot, but they always gave. I always knew it. They were always writing the checkout Sunday morning. Now, I, if you're like me, I give online now. Uh, but that's, can I tell you, that's never been hard for me. You know why it hadn't been hard? Because it was a rhythm. My parents started doing it, and they taught me to do it. And it's just never been that hard. Uh, and I remember a time where I was making... $75 a week in college, $100 a week in seminary, and God has just always been faithful, and it's just a rhythm, and it's it's a piece of who we are, and it's a piece of who God wants us to be. So stewardship, there's service. I skipped over service. Uh, I, I love that there's so many great ways to serve at our church. I love that we have a tremendous special needs program where you can go serve and uh, and the Spirit of God, I believe, works through that, and it's not in the same way where you're recognized or where you get a lot of warm fuzzies. But it's a great way to minister to the kingdom of God. Galatians 6, verse 7 says this For whatever a man soweth, that will he reap. If he sows to the Spirit, he will reap the Spirit. If he sows to the flesh, he will reap the flesh. Let us not lose heart in doing good. Let us not do, lose heart in practicing these spiritual rhythms. For in due time, we shall reap the harvest if we do not quit. This is a time, maybe you've been in a time where you've, you've been disciplined, where you've had these rhythms. This is a great season to reignite those rhythms. And I want to give you the five-minute challenge here, okay? Five-minute challenge. For some of you, you're already doing 55 minutes a day. You keep doing what you're doing or add five minutes to it if you want to, okay? You're great. But for some, you may say, man, I've just been struggling with this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. How do I get started? Maybe with your children. Let me give you a couple of things that you can do. And I want to ask you to commit five minutes a day for the next 40 days, for the next seven weeks. For the next seven weeks, would you commit five minutes a day? Would you sow into the spirit? And it's real simple. Here's what I encourage you to do. Start off by this. Number one, get offline. Put your computer up, turn your phone off. That's the first one. If you can't do that, you've got an addiction. Welcome, okay? It's time to get help. If you can't turn it off for five minutes, that is not a good sign for your well-being. Certainly not a good sign for your spiritual being. Turn it off, get offline. Number two, read. We are providing devotionals from you. These are Lenten devotionals right here. These rhythms, uh, Dr. Chris Murphy, who's in our service right here, wrote these for us. Uh, There's one for every day, and we also have our Rock Point devotion, but I encourage you to pick one of these up. It's free. Pick it up, and you can use this. This will take you about two minutes, and then you can meditate on it and think about it. So number one, uh, get offline. Number two, read. Number three, um, write write down that prayer request, write down that insight, write whatever, write something down. Number four, give thanks. Thank God for the way he's blessed you. Thank you. Thank him for where you are, for where you're going to be. Give thanks. The next, ask. Now ask God, I need your help. I'm asking you to bless. I'm asking you to heal. I'm asking you to do whatever. And then meditate meditate on what he's doing i I mentioned to you as you're going to sleep let that be the last thing have a passage of scripture or have a scripture that you're going to memorize it could be this or it could be a scripture from this devotional for the day and meditate on that as you go to sleep let that become a part of who you are so uh, a couple other resources for you uh, to give you um, first of all, <clears throat> um, let me give you some resources that we have, the 40-day Lenten Devotion. Again, pick this up as you leave, and you can start this tomorrow, or you can wait to Ash Wednesday if you want. Uh, as you noticed, um, we're kind of lent light. What we're really trying to do is get you into the rhythms. That's really what we want to do during this season. RPC Devotion, is You Version. That's a Bible app. Matter of fact, all my notes Uh, Matter of fact, every Sunday, my notes are always in that. You can follow along or you can look at it afterwards. You could go to the Bible app here. The Holy Bible app is what it is. And download, it says Bible app. uh, Download that on your phone. And uh, then you can use that for the notes. It also has devotionals, has Bible plan readings, uh, however you want to use it. Uh, That's a great free uh, opportunity for you. And then lastly, right now Media, I mentioned that to you earlier. Uh, If you'll go to this site, uh, rpc.fm slash right now uh, you will have all the teaching all the devotionals if some of you you think oh man I just, I'm so tired and I get to bed I can't read okay if you're that bad off it'll read to you okay can get on this site let it read to you all right if that's what you need to do just go to sleep listen to it read to you all right and do that instead of Jay Leno I don't even watch late night tv obviously uh whoever that is uh whatever it is we're doing Netflix okay with that said If you really want to take even a deeper step, uh, then there are four great books on spiritual disciplines. Um, There's Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life by Donald Whitney, The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg, neat, nifty title. Uh, The first book that I read on this uh, when I was uh, about 21 years old that really was transformational for me was Celebration of Discipline. lists most of the disciplines we're talking about here now and The Spirit of Discipline. If you want to dive deeper, those are great resources that you can consider taking advantage of. So with that said, um, here's what I want to share this last thing with you. I was reading an article uh, this week. It's a Harvard doctor uh, who's written a, a book. He's done all this research. His, he's a Harvard's professor and his name is Vanderwill, uh, Tyler J. Vanderwill. And he wrote a book uh, with a journalist, John Schniff. And he said, uh, he said this. He said, uh, religious faith may be the miracle drug that many people are looking for, and he said, what if there's one thing that you could do that would improve your physical and mental health at no personal cost? Uh, would, what would you be willing to do? What would you be willing to do to have it? He goes on and he outlines uh, our mental and physical health benefits uh, are directly correlated uh, to our religious faith participation. And Again, this is, a, this is not a Christian study. He said, for most Americans who, are, uh, who live out their faith and attend church regularly, it reduces their mortality rates by as much as 30 percent. And what he's saying is people who have these rhythms uh, in their lives uh, over a 15-year period, he said, typically will live up to 30 percent longer than people who don't have them. That's pretty amazing. Again, go look this up, Tyler J. Vanderwill, Harvard professor. Uh, He also goes on to say that they also have um, those who attend church regularly and, and practice their faith also have lower rates of depression, are less likely to commit suicide, have a greater purpose in life, are less likely to divorce, and are more self controlled. He said, How much would you be willing to pay if I had a drug that would do that? It's amazing. Um, so, why am I telling you this? Because what we reap, we sow what are you sowing today let's pray father thank you for this opportunity to know you and to know you well to unite in spirit with you through your word through prayer through meditation through community we thank you god for these wonderful gifts that you've given us you are the god has created us and you know what we need And so you have supplied all of these rhythms in your word. And you give us the opportunity to incorporate them and to live them out. And when we do, Lord, we become more like you. You begin to work in our spirits. Even when we can't feel it and see it, you begin to transform us through the power of your Holy Spirit. So God, I pray for each believer this morning that you would convict them and that you would give them the fortitude to take a five-minute challenge each day to invest and to sow into their faith. Thank you, God, for what you will do, and thank you for what you are doing. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today you would draw them by your Spirit to come to the place where they recognize that they can't earn it or discipline themselves into a relationship with you, but it's only through your Spirit of grace. And once we are given that grace, once we have received that grace and forgiveness, that we can live these rhythms out through the power of your Spirit. Let that be true of us today. In your name I pray, amen.